Katie, this is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. What trap beats playing in the background? Hey, y'all. Hello. Guten Tag. Right. Well, this is this week. Yeah, let's get to it because I forgot. I told Delaney, I forgot I have a lesson. I have to teach a lesson like right after this. <laughs> and this show be lengthy. There really basically is no news this week, partly because. Partly because. just do this. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. Okay. Probably because it's like. Reason. Sometimes classical music, there's not a lot to say, but also rec- recording very close in proximity to the last time we recorded because of Thanksgiving. So. <laughs> and our usual recording day is on Thursday, so obviously not doing that yeah, i mean we love y'all but <laughs> um yeah so like certainly not much going on except for the fact that today as we are recording this the grammy nominations came out do you keep up with these for classical mm-hmm. music no i do not <laughs> that wasn't really shady like i do i do not no yeah i'm like i'm wondering if people do which is why i was like well let's just see what's going on let's just see we could give people a shout out you know because i'm also like i don't really know how all of that is put together um especially on the classical side because it's not very highly publicized and i'm also wondering how much the average classical musician um looks out and pays attention to to that the last time I paid attention to the Grammy stuff was in 2011 when everyone was making a huge deal, which it was a huge deal, when Kim Kashkashian, <laughs> I had to stop myself, when Kim Kashkashian won the Grammy. And the reason why I feel like it was a huge deal and the way I remember it so vividly is one, um, I play viola. So um, obviously my teacher was like, oh, Kim Kashkashian. And two, Katie, fresh out of high school, I didn't know nothing about Viola. And I thought Kim Kardashian won a Grammy. And I was like, what did Kim Kardashian to do, do to win the Grammy? And why does my teacher care about Kim Kardashian winning the Grammy? I was very confused. And that was back in the day when I was um, embarrassed not to know things. So I didn't say nothing. I just, like, found out later on. Um, Today, I probably been like, Kim Kardashian won a thing? Oh, that's crazy. Well, I hope okay. not. 28-year-old Katie. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that I, that listen. I don't think it's embarrassing not to know things. Like I feel like yeah. you can't know everything, but I feel like some as a twenty eight year old violist, I should know who Kim Kashkashian is. I should know who the majority of the leading violists are, like Jen and George. Right, you. I know those people. Katie Brown. Oh, there, you know what? Funny you said that. There is a Katie Brown, Catherine Brown at Cleveland. Pianist but, though, but just but not playing viola but exactly. That, so we're talking about, but so we're talking about but the leading violist. But that's great because I'm glad we're I didn't know you knew. I didn't. I didn't know you knew. I didn't know. I didn't know. Very nice. I forgot. I didn't know you knew that because every time I Google my name, sometimes when I get bored, her name comes up. Mm. So that's great. I love that you're abreast. Right, I do know that. Right, but we were talking about leading right. violas. We were talking about the Grammys. We're talking about leading violas though, and so that's why I brought up. Katie Brown, Catherine Leading Brown. What, what, you know what? Let's let's pick this part. Leading what exactly? The viola. In what? In playing. Playing what exactly? Whatever you're playing right now. What are you playing? Nothing. I'm talking to you. 
I'm talking, I, you said leading in what or playing what? And I said, whatever you are playing. So whatever is on your repertoire list at this moment is what you're leading in. Yeah, I'm sure I'm a leading violist when I have to ask Jen to help me with, with yeah, it. sure. Nobody's perfect. A leading violist asking another leading violist. Didn't you say Mr. Taylor asked you to listen to something in his one time? I don't recall that. Uh, I do, and it's also on tape because he said it on the show. <laughs> so. Mm, you know, Spotify probably... Katie has Katie's delusional and I hope Delaney's gaslighting me I'm not a leading violist we both know okay but you're trying to say that you didn't say that on the tapes and you did and you're talking about you don't recall and you do how do you know what I remember see (laughs) delusional she's talking about I'm (laughs) gaslighting her she reverse gaslighting me just like that one thing you said which I will not say on the mics for your sake listen all I'm gonna say about that that's what I I was meaning to text you this all I'm gonna say about that whole situation with that dude. First of all, there's a video going around who I love, this TikToker who met him, and it was so adorable. Um, anyway. Oh no, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about your allegiance to white supremacy. I'm talking about some totally. Okay, you see, this is dramatic because I like Jack Harlow. I have an allegiance. We're not, we're not doing this, and y'all don't know the whole story. Okay, that's fine. I want, I'm gonna tell y'all. We don't know, Katie. I'm cutting this out. Okay. of the audio <laughs> and it's too it's too early for this because um <laughs> i will really end this episode right here we don't have to do this what were we, what were we talking about what's that thing the 50 50 thing and then you said you don't know what, what was going through my mind and you didn't I, okay you? see gaslighting <laughs> but i'm I, but to be fair no i thought you said not everything needs it to be fair and this is one of those things that does not no it doesn't it only does because it has to do with you yeah because i ask you who decides who decides all right (laughs) (sighs) anyway the grammys (laughs) um we'll circle back around we get to the oscars because best actress is literally going to katie Oh, thank you. Right, because the delusion. I, you I know well. it, it best, pretty much. Best, uh, best actress in drama will definitely go to you. No. Definitely. No. Because at least my def- stuff is based on something. But it's dramatic as hell, Miss Girl. Uh, Miss Girl. No, of the two of us, overall, you are more dramatic than I am. Overall, yes. But okay. in this particular Finally, case. Katie. In, in this, this particular, particular case, case no because it's an epidemic not. it is an epidemic it is not an epidemic it's an isolated case it, it's an epidemic overall and you are a part of it let's move on because okay i will give you that but for me it's isolated but yes let's move no on. it's not <laughs> you know you want to believe that and it's fine i'll just wait for the next one <clears throat> <laughs> so that could be another isolated case and then on the third one maybe you'll admit it anyway Maybe. back to the grammys congratulations to everybody who nobody won yet it's literally <laughs> <laughs> the nominations came out today <laughs> they what, what did you see like on a like in the new york times or like was it like on their twitter or something well actually how i found out was that beethoven was trending and mm. trending even more because usually when beethoven's trending it'll be like within classical music and it'll be like there's 2600 tweets and i'm like that's not really that trending but this time it was like sixty-one thousand tweets and i was like why is beethoven trending oh and shoot! everything was just about basically how he swept he swept the classical 
the Grammys. Um, oh, and okay. It was just like jokes about Beethoven. I was like, what are you doing? And then I decided to look it up because I don't even know all of the categories that they do for classical. I'm actually not going to read all of them because there are a lot more than I thought. Um, but I just selected a few. Um, obviously, best score soundtrack uh, for visual media. That one's obviously like a big one Bridgerton is in there Chris Bowers shout out to him I was literally supposed to go see a concert of all his music the other day it was, but it was on the day of the ISBM thing and I was very tired so I gotta go back and listen to that Bridgerton Sean Carr because I, I don't personally get it if it includes all that pop arrangements and stuff like that like any middle school teacher in America any middle school straight teacher in America could have done pop arrangements yeah I don't think so because it credits him okay, as a composer okay. and there's a there is an arrangement category oh, okay, okay okay since it credits him as a composer maybe there's something there's other stuff I'm gonna go back and listen to that because I, I was telling Delaney that that Bridgerton when I watched it it was so distracting because of the it Shonda Rhimes likes that juxtaposition where it's like we're in 1754 but there's like firework for string quartet playing in the background and I just found it to be distracting I'm sure no one else noticed that but like I was just like can we just not like this play <laughs> just why I don't I think it's a weird juxtaposition like I, I feel like that's one of them things that like somebody random like on the street like down there at the Kroger they, they're like oh that sounds cool you know and but like I feel for me it was just distracting and kind of weird but mm-hmm. anyway yeah I'm, I'm gonna go listen to it if it's on Spotify or something like that yeah probably you know i haven't seen bridgerton for my own personal reasons i'm sure you enjoyed it though um also on the list also (laughs) on the list is the soundtrack uh the score for dune which i heard a lot about that score i heard a what dune that new movie i don't know it's about sand or something um and hans zimmer (laughs) 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 wrote the score it's something something got saying i know zendaya's in it um I know everybody probably saw it. It's probably quaking. I don't know what it's about. I have no interest. It looked kind of creepy. So, um, yeah, and also the Queen's Gambit. The Queen's Gambit was something I never thought I would watch, but then I was reading an article where they referenced something in it. So I was like, let me watch it. And it was actually very good. That soundtrack. With the, with the orphanage thing. Okay. I mean, yeah, it was so creepy. Creep me out, yeah. Um, but, I mean, everything from that time period is, so... <laughs> I, I, I didn't finish it. I couldn't go. I couldn't go on because I was like, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. But maybe I'll try again if you said it's good. Yeah, it's very good. Um, especially once you get out the childhood thing, because there's nothing really. Well, whatever. Anyway, shout okay. out to Carlos Rafael Rivera, who's the composer for that movie. Also, um, Soul. Did you ever see Soul? Mm-hmm. I never watched. I did. It, it was very. Um, I liked it. I remember there was a lot of the um, discussion about the fact that there was a black man in it, but he spent most of the time as Blue Blob. I think outside of that, I thought it was a cute movie. Mm. There are conversations and things we need to talk about that, but I thought it was a cute movie. I did. I thought it was a cute movie. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, The Mandalorian Season 2, Volume 2. That's Lopez Gorenson, um, who has... He composed all the music for Black Panther, for Creed. There's a lot of... Mm. Y'all, um, a lot of black movies actually mm. he's a um and he also worked with uh works with Kendrick Lamar that he worked on damn um mm. but oh I forgot the, the composers for Soul were John Baptiste uh Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross shout out to them they also do best engineered album for classical I don't know anything about engineering an album so that's like I wonder how they stuff? 
yeah i'm like i wonder how they well i guess there are certain things that you can um like i just wondered like who was deciding that and like how they whatever because yeah. i've been hearing people they'd be like oh this was mixed this way and i'd be like Girl, it just sound like it's playing through the speakers like like i don't yeah like i could tell like maybe <laughs> i could tell something's balances off like like one of my car speakers act a funny Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I'm like, girl, sound good. I At guess. first, I thought it might be weird for classical, but actually, I think it might be easier for classical music because you know what it's supposed to sound like. You know what I mean? Oh, like, I could tell, yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I can't hear what the bassists were doing over there. Like, you know, oh, I feel like it might yeah. be easier for classical music to tell if something is mixed correctly. So I wonder if it's the same thing, that same idea. But I wonder to what extent with like voice and stuff, because it's like voice is always going to be in the foreground with the track and stuff in the background so i wonder what yeah. beyond that like what i'm not trying to sound ignorant but beyond that like what are y'all doing because yeah i'm sure somebody they they got some type of formula yeah. and it's a whole it's a whole situation i'm sure it's, a, I'm sure it's a art and everything. yeah because i was just listening why something came up with track six and so i started listening to it and there's a part where um, the bases have this like it's like a little it's not a call and response per se well yeah it's a call and response and the bases have this pizzicato and it's just like this part that is like so good but you can only really hear when you got headphones on and I'm like this is so good and I'm like that's what made me think about that but I'm also going to read um, read the actual nominees for best orchestral performance um, so the Nashville Symphony shout out to Titus um, period they were uh, nominated for their rec- for their performance of Adam's My Father Knew Charles Ives in a word that I cannot pronounce, but it starts with an H. So congratulations for y'all. Um, also Beethoven 9 um, with the Middleton Choir of Pittsburgh and the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra. Um, shout out to the San Francisco Symphony for recording a piece by Nico Muli. I hope that I'm saying that right. Caught through line. Shout out to our girl Florence Price. Um, Price Symphonies one and three um, are nominated with um, the Joseph Kanye Symphony Orchestra. Period. Playing Tizzy them. And Joe. I'm just I'll like, ask you. Hold on. Right. I was What's like, with Joe? okay, not. Sorry, this is like a very, very loud playing outside of my window. I'm like, okay, not the end. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like um, okay anyway um yeah but shout out to shout out to joe and shout out to florence price and literally everybody else in the orchestra <laughs> um oh yeah we're gonna get a season to this one day but you know what i feel like then we made it so right um also seattle symphony is uh nominated for their recording of also sprock by strauss um and then there's a couple other ones that i want to do um there's a also a category for best opera recording for best chamber music or small ensemble performance and i want to shout out i'm not gonna shout out everybody on that list but i will shout out imani wins period um because they are nominated for their new album brutes um which i actually reviewed that so shout out to them Wow. and also best that has nothing to do with the Grammy nomination though so oh well shout out to you well okay uh best classical instrumental solo best classical solo album um 
shout out to from that from that category dreams of a new day songs by black composers by will liverman um and his uh pianist paul sanchez will liverman was the lead in showers you hear me shower shut up in my bones yep <laughs> yep <laughs> all um, dripping all down i was trying to say pat <laughs> i don't know what i was gonna say fire I'm like Fire and shut and at the shut same time. Fire shut up in my bones. He was the lead um, in that. So shout out to him. Um, that's his album. And uh, there are a couple other. There's a there's a category called best classical compendium, which basically just means collective. And I was like, why didn't you just say that? Um, that's a Isaiah type of thing. Isaiah is a yeah, a friend of ours. Like uses very big words for no reason. <laughs> literally, like sprinkles. <laughs> um best contemporary classical composition so a lot of things if y'all um i would link the full list because it's just i would just be reading off names so i'll uh, uh link the full list if y'all want to see who's nominated if y'all want to listen to some new music because i for i know i was looking at this i was like i did not know this many people was coming out with stuff <laughs> so did the caitlin get nominated because i think she, she submitted her um thing for grammy consideration yeah she or how does not. that work oh dang how does that work did someone do you submit it or does someone be like oh i like your work i'm gonna submit it i mean I, people submit their own things for grammy consideration um and i don't and i know caitlin submitted hers as for the new age um category mm. um that's her prerogative i don't know how things might have differed if it was in like the best instrumental but actually no because with this there's a purely instrumental category but there's also a classical instrumental but i feel like it wouldn't have fit in that category because of um all you know how classical people be with the whole the whole genre thing and Mm -hmm. um but yeah i know she submitted for new age and i did check i did check on that but no so i don't know where where it goes from there from from submitting for consideration Mm. Yeah. I didn't know you could do it yourself. So when I saw that, I was like, "Period, someone heard your thing and submitted." But it's probably, probably did anyway. Yeah, I think you, people just kind of start off doing it, and the more I don't know if it has to do with like the traction that you get in terms of like, you know, like obviously, if Sweeney submits something for the Grammys, they're not gonna overlook it. You know, so I feel like it also has to do with like the more you build up your name, you just keep submitting and keep submitting. Can you have? Can you? Does it have to be projects from the last year? I believe so. I believe there's some sort of time frame. Mm. Yeah. But, I mean, her Grammy is loading. We'll see it soon enough. So. Right. But, yeah. It's the news this week. Congratulations. Katie's just loading as well. Best. Girl, what do you be saying? Anyway, intermission. So, there's a trend on Twitter where it's like, the blank urge to blank. So I'm going to read a couple of them so you can get, because that's literally a terrible, terrible explanation. And I know a lot of people don't even be on Twitter. So here's one. Here's one of my favorites. The African-American urge to say they've been here before when a three-year-old knows how to form whole sentences. I thought that was hilarious because, like, black people be saying that. Like, anytime a baby, like, like, there's a video on TikTok that has, like, millions of views where, um she's this woman is holding her baby and um and she's like sorry y'all excuse my hair i look like frederick douglas 
and the baby the baby's like haha yeah the baby's like six months and then like the baby's face after it it looks like oh my cover is blown like because people be saying like you know how babies they they know everything is going on they just be putting on that google gaga stuff <laughs> just to make it look like on some like super ba- go what's back that to that super baby what's that, what's that movie called can't tell you the baby the, the baby movie where the baby was a spy or something okay <laughs> so movies like, babies <laughs> um so people were saying like oh that baby been here before like that's a common thing another one um is the burnt out urge to ignore all academic responsibilities i like this one the millennial urge to quit my job <laughs> sorry because this the millennial urge to quit my job every time they ask me to do my job because stop asking me to do stuff i'm here i'm doing what i'm doing that's it that's me. i'm here for decoration <laughs> like so there's a couple there's a whole bunch of one there's a there was one um that i liked yesterday that it was uh the jamaican urge to say my spirit protect them when when like you your spirit doesn't take someone. And I was trying to explain. I realized that I was trying to explain that to that phrase to Delaney like four weeks ago, and it was a voice note. And I know she was on the other side of the phone, like, "Girl, what?" I don't remember I don't, that. I don't know how to explain that, but like, if your spirit doesn't take someone, it's like you don't you don't dislike a person. It's just like you don't, y'all don't vibe, and there's nothing yeah, wrong. Yeah, I say that all the time. I don't care for that person. Oh yeah, same thing. Like I don't care if a drinks would be like my spirit will take them. So like yeah. that kind of thing. Not my cup of tea. <laughs> I don't I, dislike. Yeah, there are people cup, that I don't yeah. like. That I'm just like I don't hate you, but we just don't have to. That, that's what I'm saying. I thought there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. It's like at all. <laughs> yeah, I just I just remember like explaining it to you, and I'm like I'm doing a terrible job with this. But then the conversation moved on; it didn't matter. But um, yeah, I feel like people there's nothing like there's a lot of people I could think of actually. <laughs> Where it's like you're very dope and you're very cool, but like oh, hold on, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, but I was like you're dope or whatever. You're a fine person. But it's just like we don't have to be friends. What we gonna be friends for? Like, hey, hi, bye. That's it. So I asked Delaney. That's what I was saying last week about the whole coworker thing. That's what I mean. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that way about like most of my coworkers, to be honest. Yeah, I don't have coworkers. I just realized that. Do I? I don't. Anyway. Um, I guess the orchestra, but I'm I'm a fellow, so that doesn't count. It's still coworkers. Y'all yeah. working in the same space, co. So I asked Delaney to fill out the following statement: the classical musicians urge to blank. What did you come up with? Okay, the classical musician urge to never listen to classical music again. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Or to, yeah, it's just best not to ask me questions like this because <laughs> like I'm not going to be positive. No, because I was just sending Katie, when we did that Don't Rush Challenge, which we did it, so I don't, I'm not going to explain what it is. But, okay, yes, I am. It was basically like a trend where, like, you look busted and then you cover it, you do some sort of transition and then you are, like, now you're gussied up i guess and so like people did different with like black dentists did one black uh doctors did one etc so we did one like with black classical musicians did one. yeah like yeah right, one of the first pandemic activities yeah and so we did one in april of last year and um 
I remember I sent Katie because it sort of resurfaced on Twitter, and it when it came like out, yeah, when we when it came out, or yeah, when it came out, we had a bunch of, of course, white people and other people in the comments like, "What are y'all? Y'all are obsessed with race, and y'all are playing hip hop because you don't think classical music is cool enough, and all of this." frankly stupid shit and um and so i saw one of the comments um recently when it resurfaced and it was like well can they play paganini though and i was just like (laughs) y'all make this whole situation so difficult yeah and also you can't play paganini so what are we talking about like it was just annoying it's like you see a bunch of black classical musicians and the first thing you got to say is well they probably can't yeah. Play Paganini. Like, John is literally the assistant conductor of the Baltimore Symphony. What do y'all be saying? <laughs> like, what do y'all be saying? Y'all say anything. Mm-mm. Whatever. Um, Mine is the classical musician's urge to feel guilty about not practicing. It's a. It's a. <laughs> It's a cycle because that's why I ran into I ran into um, this is a concert master today um, in Sprouts and she asked me am I going home for Thanksgiving sorry this is out of context because when you're listening to this Thanksgiving would have passed but anyway it's currently Tuesday um, and she asked uh, am I going out of town for Thanksgiving I'm like no I have a deadline after um, Thanksgiving and I just I know that if I go home I'm gonna have too much fun. And I, it's not worth the guilt <laughs> that is that I'm going to feel, um, to like for not practicing. And it's not just like the guilt I feel; it's the guilt for wasting Jen's time, who's put a lot of time into me and all this other stuff, stuff that she's never impressed upon me. I remember at one time, um, I told Mr. Taylor, like, I don't want to let you down. He's like, Why are you focused on that? <laughs> like, I, you literally would never let me down. So, um, it's just that's like a whole thing i mean i'm like it's better off i'll just stay here and just vibe out so yeah that's mine maybe i'll do a little instagram thing i should add that reminds me i gotta do the instagram thing i said i was gonna do last week so i'll do that today um yeah i want to know what y'all can come up with that's that's gonna be hard to like prompt i realize because i feel like it's a a twitter like inside joke i could post examples though and then people could like go off of that like screenshots and then ours and then have people participate that's true you can also i can also post it on twitter do we get do we get um do we have high engagement on twitter do people be answering i mean people will be seeing our stuff and we have almost a thousand followers do we really yeah oh okay have, okay cbp we have 929 followers wow now we're not paying attention do i follow you <laughs> I never see classically black stuff. Oh, no. We don't post that much. About to be nine thirty, and you do follow us. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, this was riveting and short, and we're doing well. So, okay. Um, okay. This last words. That literally. Okay, let's move on. Okay, so at the ISBM, sorry, at the ISBM annual convening we had on 11-20, um, the last session of the day was a panel discussion um, with Jen Arnold, um, Dr. Kyle Wooten, I forgot to say that, 
the, when I introduced them. And um, Jeffrey McNeil from the Illharmonic. And we talked about this concept of upward mobility. And it's been a topic that I've been chewing on for a couple of weeks because I wanted to, um, I wanted to talk about like, we had a really good discussion on Saturday, but because it was a panel, I didn't share my thoughts that much. And also, I don't want to be talking to Delaney about stuff like this, so I wanted to see what her thoughts were um, on it. And I want, like, it's really been, because of, like, the state of our country and the way it's set up and being black and being a woman, um, is upper mobility even really possible? So I posed this question um, to the panel um, about what's the reality of following your musical dreams and is it truly is upward mobility truly possible for anyone everyone um so just to define upward mobility if you've never heard that term before upward mobility is the capacity or facility for rising to a high social or economic position okay so i'm we're gonna skip past some of the initial questions that i asked because we all kind of know if if it's 150 episode 158 you kind of know what we've been doing um so I want to jump to this question about playing the game I think there was a little bit of confusion even on Saturday about what this is and I I could what what gave me like um what was interesting to me is people who didn't understand the definition of the game like when I said like the game in in quotations even Jen was like you go back and explain like what you mean by the game and just before I before we get into that like do you know what I mean by like playing the game yeah okay that's I thought that was very interesting um i thought it was very very interesting but i also Um, think that there are some things that we we all kind of assume we're on the same page with and so maybe maybe they had like an idea of what you meant but they just wanted to be like 100 percent sure that's true so yeah um but this question do you feel as though you had to play the game in any way in any aspect to get you to get where you are and by this i mean making yourself more palatable assimilation or this idea that you have to be nice to white people to get what you want. It's going to be a doozy. <laughs> I'm really trying not to let my pessimism take over this. Because I'm like, where even am I? <laughs> okay, you have a degree from Eastern School of Music and you have a fellowship. So even even at that, even if you even if you can't see past the noise of whatever's going on in your head, at the bare bones, you graduated from Eastman and you're in a fellowship. That that's that's gonna be a fact. I don't like well, that. How you know? Okay. See, I'm pulling the Katie right now. Let me, I, let me back I, up. I, Okay, I'm be, yeah, <laughs> so be let catching me, a stray. Because <laughs> that's not it's not who I want to be. So um I, no. I would agree with that. So huh? I would agree with that. It's a trend. All right. Thing. All right. I'm agreeing uh, with you. See. Y'all see this is happening in real time. Anyway. Cause I was supposed to be like, how you know you never seen my degree. My diploma's right here on this very table. <laughs> 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 so um I mean, had to, you know, I've blocked most of my life out at this point, so I'm trying to remember. Um, I mean, I definitely have. I definitely have. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I feel like I got to the point, I didn't get to the point where I found, where I found out or discovered that I didn't have to. It's more like I literally could not go on that way. So yeah, sure. 
so I definitely have or at least felt like I had to for mm-hmm. a part of my life yeah I feel like I definitely did this especially like um so people know especially if you listen to the show for a long time that like something I something I have said is that I just I don't code switch anymore like even <laughs> I was in uh Dr. Martin Arendt's uh, office today because we had a coaching and he has he has this like weird clock it's so cool it looks like a block of wood but the thing is on there so Estefan was staring at it I'm like what you looking at is this a clock so then I get closer I'm like dang what marching got going on he busted out laughing because I'm like and I would like have never even something as small as that like I just show up as myself 100% every single time and that might seem like a really small detail like okay Katie like you said one sentence that in contrast to what I was doing in high school like making myself palatable and like really like that that white voice quote-unquote white voice that I had and just trying to like be nice and be accepted all the triggering and traumatic group projects we had to do where like nobody in the group was listening to the black girl and also in AP physics when nobody wanted to work with me me and you Shane always worked together in AP physics because no one wanted to work with us like that kind of stuff and like trying to be nice to them so we could like we literally have to have a group before that's what she said y'all so you have to let us in um and then kind of carrying that behavior on but where I kind of stumble a little bit is like when I got to undergrad I'm trying to figure out like was I really playing the game or was I really trying to like get better at what I was doing like I think about like um Dr. Block who ended up becoming like one of the most influential people in my life when I went up to him I'm like hey like I really want to join the conducting studio and I was like I wasn't I don't know if I was playing the game or just wanted to get ahead like I wanted to learn I wanted to learn how to conduct. I was I thought I was gonna be a conductor and that ended up really informing like my musical ideas and how I played the viola and stuff like that, which was like really his plan all along. Um he told me in the end. Okay. Anyway. So, um I can't really speak to and then that's the by the time I got to Eastman. Especially <laughs> no, I Eastman was an HPCU in my mind. Did I have white colleagues? Absolutely, but so did, I mean, so did the people at Spellman. So anyway, that's another conversation. But I lived in a bubble at Eastman. I went to class and I did what I had to do. And then my teacher was black and the BSU and then classically black. Like I lived in a, and I just pledged my sorority. I was in a bubble. I had the, I actually had the time of my life at Eastman. I can't lie. Um, so definitely not, definitely not then, but, um, definitely, I think I've definitely had to play the game because, and I feel like, um, I feel like a lot of people, you have to, you have to do that. You have to, um, this idea of well, let's let's pick about this real quick. It's, it's not on this list, but this idea of like the do you think that your proximity to whiteness dictates your level of success? Maybe not your level, but your chances. Yes. Yeah. Like opportunity and stuff. Absolutely. And I think about people like I think about people like like um like who don't make themselves palatable right like cardi b is a great example and carisha young miami those they all those are the two people i can think of the most they do not cardi b is gonna be cardi at, at like she has she's been this way the entire time you watch her on on love and hip-hop you watch her now she's the same exact cardi b she didn't make herself palatable i remember she they're like there's literally no place and i'm wondering i'm wondering is it because that music industry just because they rap it's still controlled by white money and stuff like that so it's just like 
But that's not the target demographic, though. And so they control, like, the people that are making the money, they make that money because people like Cardi appeal to their target demographic. Mm -hmm. So I think it would be, like, for example, if one of us was in that industry, it would be the opposite. They would probably want us to be less, like, more towards Cardi's, I don't even know how to explain it, but, like, her demeanor and stuff. Mm -hmm. Because then you see, like, people, like, for example, there are a lot of there are a lot of successful female rappers that are like conscious rappers or whatever. But like when you take somebody like Rhapsody, for example, mm-hmm. or like Queen Latifah or something there, of course they're very successful, but it's just a very, I feel like the industry is a very, like they almost have the opposite situation mm-hmm. that we do, especially for women, because it yeah. don't take nothing for, for, for a male rapper to be a conscious rapper at all. Yeah. And it's a slightly different topic that we can talk off, all li- offline because it has nothing to do with classical music. But that video I sent you that I was like, if you had time, play it in the background. Um, with this, like, this thing with Chloe Bailey and about how the guy in the video was arguing that Chloe, Chloe didn't start selling until she like started like quote unquote act like Beyonce. That's what that's what he said in the video, and that like ungodly hour didn't make a lot of didn't make a lot of sales. But now all of a sudden, like when Chloe went solo and she started like being, you know, more out there, being more confident with her body. Now it's like, oh, everybody's Chloe Bailey, Chloe Bailey, Chloe Bailey. So I think that's the same, same idea, different, different lens, but same idea. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Is playing the game selling out? Um... I feel like it really just it really just depends because I had this conversation about Coonery recently and um and about how it's a spectrum you yeah, know I agree like sometimes it re- it really just depends it depends on first of all what I mean you can argue that any action that you take that is quote unquote playing the game is going to affect people is going to affect other black people because mm-hmm. it will affect the black people that come behind you. Yeah. But um so like there is that aspect of it and you kinda just you gotta weigh that. Mm-hmm. Um but also there's a more direct you know, sometimes playing the game for some people looks like actually throwing other people under the bus and yeah. you know, like that whole there can only be one of us. There are, you'd be surprised how many black people think that that oh, they're only gonna get one black person, so it's gonna be me. Mm-hmm. Um so like that, yeah, I think that's selling out. Um mm-hmm. but I also feel like I don't know, like you oh, you went and got coffee with this white person, now you a sellout. So like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes like you know like i just took a meeting the other day um because i really want to i'm applying for something i really want to get it and so it's like i ended up having to cancel they were having like a meeting thing and i was gonna go ask questions you know show your face ask questions that are not on the website because Mm -hmm. that would turn me off to somebody completely if i was deciding but you know and um and i ended up not being able to go because of my uncle's funeral so i went to i set up a meeting is that selling out because i want to you know yeah (laughs) and that's kind of that's that's a strategy it is a it's worth it to to if you're applying for something to have them know your face you know so i don't know depending on who you ask yeah i think it just like i think it depends like um especially since like 
to a certain degree, like, we all have to play the game. I mean, you could not. But, like, I feel like, especially depending on your industry, depending on whatever, like, you got to you gotta do your thing to – and also to, to why are you playing the game? You know, like, my, my next question about the fact that as we move through generations, less people have to play the game, right? So, like, compared to – Compared to like what our mothers had to do, what <laughs> you already know, I got something to say about this. <laughs> I mean, let's 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 talk about it. Like compared to like to compare, I think about like okay, I'm a generation apart from, I guess maybe more, probably more. Okay, fine. I'm a generation away from Jen, and then Mr. Taylor's a generation away from from. Well, I'm a generation away from Jen. Janet's a generation away from Mr. Taylor. Mr. Taylor was at Aspen getting called the hard ER. You know what I'm saying? And so that that um that level of him having to take that to the chin, but like, you know what, I'm in this space and now he's teaching at Eastman and then Jen comes behind him, like, I know you're not gonna do that to me. And then I come behind, I could just be like I could show up as my ultimate like I could come as my authentic self you know so it's like to what extent do you play the game so that you can you're opening the door for the people that are coming behind you you know i'm hoping that like my students that's my, my students to be a completely themselves i want you to go into to these orchestra festivals and just be yourself because like i had to like whatever you know try to make myself palatable or whatever and now you don't have to do that just go and just show up and just do what you got to do you know i feel like there's something to be said about that also, I feel like there's kind of a gray area in that middle generation that you said, like, that Jen is in. Because the whole thing with the Nashville Symphony isn't necessarily show up as yourself. Yeah. You know, true. like, the whole thing and the clarinetist got fired, you threatening, uh, yeah, like, threatening black people in the orchestra and all of that stuff. And it's like, it's not as easy as pick up, pick up and leave yeah you know so it's like mm-hmm. there's a certain more there's a certain amount of taking that to the chin that people still gotta do yeah um and even though and that's a little different because it's like that that happened in today's times so it also has to do with not just the times but also the generation of the person that's handling it mm-hmm. too because um i feel like even though that happened today if you had somebody who was like more like in gen z Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, like the, I they read an article, yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, I'm not above fighting in the concert hall, so just <laughs> 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 like dragging me out. Oh my god! Listen now, your uh, the your bell missing. What about it? Listen, I'm not afraid to tussle. I probably would kind of try to keep it cute, but like I, w- yeah. I mean, <laughs> but like whereas I feel like gen z and i'm not like your gen z but like i'm talking about like my cousin yasmin and whatever like they might have they might have rolled up on you backstage you know what i'm saying so yeah i'm like very much on the i'm right at the beginning of gen z Mm -hmm. um and to the point where like our like older siblings and stuff are considered millennials Mm because like i grew up with my sister who's right on the cusp right at the end of millennial um and then um my cousin who's a true millennial and all my other siblings above me are true millennial um so it's like we kind of in the middle mm. we got a little we got a little bit of each we got a, a, a foot on each 
through each door but um now that i think about it, it's like i know we said like sometimes you might have to play the game to an extent but it's like the extent for me is very my my the extent for me is about a centimeter like, <laughs> <laughs> because like i said you know i have a lot to say about that i feel like i've noticed a lot of people like from my parents generation they feel like they they very much see things and they're like well that's how it is so you have to adjust yeah. yourself to fit into how it is and we're very much like no that's how it is but it don't have to be that way yeah so i'm gonna do me mm-hmm. and i'm gonna wait for the times to catch up because i'm gonna be fine regardless and then, <laughs> and that concept is very lost on a lot of people and it's almost to the point where it's like okay do you want to see me fail at this Mm-hmm. because it's almost like you want you want to see me be proven wrong when it's like or you could just be like you know what i hope that you're right mm-hmm. because times change all the time yeah literally th- looking at like because basically katie knows i got a text message the other day a very long text message from my mother about my grandmother and my twitter account listen <laughs> I honestly like seriously I think they think that I just post whatever whatever I don't post anything on the internet that I would not defend to my employer to it to anybody you know so there's also this podcast that's what that's what I really need to be worried about yeah, I mean the podcast Twitter's at least my words um but it was like you know you you know, don't you can keep doing this if you want to but don't be surprised if you start running into brick walls when you're trying to apply for things it's just like any first of all no job that i have ever had has paid me enough to dictate what i do in my free time and i think that that is something that are that gen z has been coming out of that whole like to play the game you gotta you know you gotta be like right in line um or else you're not gonna get anything you're not gonna get any promotions not gonna get a lot of y'all and gen x and above are sitting at jobs for 30 35 years that fire you in an email and 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 they don't offer you no promotion just because you've been a good noodle no like you know and it's like i feel like a lot of people in our generation are tired we're not gonna be abused by by employers and we're not gonna be yeah. like like it's giving very much overseer mentality that you want to dictate what i tweet in my free time and i know that some people do get fired because of things that they've said on the internet but those people are bigoted like they be those yeah, are the people that be like ridiculous things. george zimmerman was right and like all of this yeah. stuff. like it be those type of people <laughs> which like rightfully so you should get like regular everyday stuff like trifling twitter stuff is not gonna get you fired from your job and if it does that's not the job you need to be at hey, thank you i was like there is literally no school or no job that i want to be at that is that's, like it, i have no interest yeah. if y'all gonna be if you mad because i said that i was upset that kyle rittenhouse was acquitted that's why i'm fired okay <laughs> yeah i actually don't want to actually don't worry about firing me here's my 10 minute notice right <laughs> <laughs> um, Delaney and I have this conversation all the time about our mothers because the generation that they're in is just so they're, I feel like they're they're not even feel like they're in that post MLK MLK gave a speech everything is grand the government's covering up all of this terrible stuff oh confederate statues oh no big deal they're in that whole generation so it's like it's just so different having conversations with them because like everything i mean my mom my mom was my mom loves to say the whole like all people do it katie it's not just it's not i'm like 
Even uh, if that was true. Uh, you know, even, they need to go out for drinks. He's <laughs> in a pod. I'm like, I'm like, you know. Yes, I know why people do it too, but that doesn't negate my argument. It doesn't it doesn't add anything to my argument. I'm still right. It's like Katie, not every, like it doesn't matter if they're black, white, pink, or green. You know, they love that phrase. It's like it's just a different and you know, my mom my mom is mid fifties, so it's a different generation. Mid fifties. Oh, yeah. her age. I thought you meant the year she was born. I was like, What your mom is younger than my mom. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean like Oh yeah, she's yeah, mom is fifty. Yeah, so it's like she. It's just we're just we're just different. And my mom had me young too, but it didn't, it didn't really matter. Not young. She was twenty seven, but um, I think anyway. Um, it doesn't matter because the discrepancies and how they deal with stuff, and there's also like way more nuanced things. Like I think my mom also has a different approach to the race. Um, the race problems we have here. Not that she's oblivious. I don't want to say that. I'm not gonna speak for her either. She's not here to defend herself, but the the approach i feel like the approach of immigrants is different as well and i i like seeing i like um listening to kadeem kadeem and what's his name deval deval i haven't listened in, in a while obviously but they had a baby too so i think they stopped making them for a while obviously for 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 practical reasons but um they have really good conversations because kadeem's parents are from st vincent in jamaica and Deval is his parents are from Mississippi, so it's like they have really interesting conversations because they, there are there are we by and large have the same experiences, but there are the nuances of that. Um, I think that's also why my mom, being on my nerves sometimes <laughs> because it's just like she doesn't see it through the same lens. I see it generationally, as well as me being born here and having that experience, whereas you coming here and having other things to worry about. Um, it's just different yeah and also like yeah i feel like the contrast to what being a racist looked like then and now it's yeah. like so i we feel not, like we're not getting holes now so it's fine yeah it's, it's just like <laughs> it's very being too fine. picky now it's yeah like, well are yeah. we like you know <laughs> it's just like i didn't and i said that and i was just like i feel I'm sad for y'all that you have felt like expressing yourself freely has been a hindrance, like would would prevent you from keeping your job Dwayne, and being able to. Lie. When you said that, I saw that part. I said that is a drag. I was your mama. You got a little tap on because I'm an adult now, and I feel like I really struggle with with that. Especially, no, I was proud of you for that. I'm back that here, back in my home. Like I just everything is. It feels like I'm like 13 again every time I come home, and I hate yeah. it. Yeah. I hate it so I'm like um and that is sad like because I was like I'm trying not to have an attitude but I'm also like trying to express like that is like can you can you see how that is a bad thing like yeah. you know yeah. like how that's that's sad you mm-hmm. know and especially because I'm like and also there's a disconnect because like the internet culture is very they're not really in it like they on it but they like but on Facebook yeah. and they, you know and like so it's like you don't understand like there are people saying wilder stuff than me and they're influencers and they got 500,000 followers and they're like and they're fine and they will be fine you know yeah. because they know how to work the internet like especially because like I don't think they realize and things like how things like classically black is profitable like I don't necessarily need to be working in a cubicle for the rest of my life yeah so it's like I have options so 
I feel like that's a whole, I feel like that whole playing the game thing is like, it is doing it, like people have to do it less and less, but I feel like sometimes generations before us don't realize how much less we have to do it or like they don't really recognize or understand the alternatives Mm -hmm. because they didn't have them and so they just think that we're just wilding out yeah so like in so many ways even like in in basic ways like my grandma on my neck to get a job i'm like miss girl (laughs) i am doing what i'm I'm like there's literally i'm doing exactly what i'm supposed to be doing yeah like just because I don't clock in every day like and then the whole concept of like a podcast does that make you money whole like just don't I'm not gonna I'm not gonna explain it to you like that's just just understand I'm doing what I'm doing okay yeah the whole hodge but like and it's actually the opposite like what sometimes it depends like they don't understand like the job the type of jobs that we have but even now that I work a standard like job during mm-hmm. the work week my mom does not and so that really like I feel like they also are kind of disconnected from the like the job market and like just how mm. that is because like my mom has been working for the same job for almost 30 years my grandma has been retired for a very long time and so like I remember when I took a job in Seattle she was like well, can't you just wait for another one I'm like no <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding <laughs> no <laughs> Like um and and my mom is notorious for calling me smack dab in the middle of a work day, mm-hmm. and now and then if I don't respond or say something she'll be hello and I'll I just Jesus. copy and paste the same the same message. My work hours are from nine o'clock a.m. to five p.m. Monday through Friday. Because <laughs> it's like why are you mad at me? Yeah, I'm in a meeting, but. Yeah, I be trying not to be dis- disrespectful, but like I be like Gloria, you are a CNA. Literally, you worked from three p.m. to ten p.m. You gonna tell me how to play down one? Oh. You feel equipped? <laughs> you feel equipped for that? Wild! Equipped. I want your confidence. I want your confidence. That's what I be trying to say. I be looking at some of these people. I'm like, dearest Uncle Carl, you are <laughs> you are a computer scientist or whatever it's called. You feel equipped to help me play Blackmore soon? Wild, crazy. Wow. I wonder where that comes from. Because because I wonder where that comes from because my mom has the same exact thing. It's it's amazing to me. I'm amazing. like amazing. I don't think that my opinion matters on everything. And like the, and like I've yeah. I've I've observed that it's like it's almost as if she thinks like, Okay, I have an opinion on this and that's just my opinion on it regardless. And I'm like, but there are why do you have an opinion on something that you don't know about? That you don't what? know anything about. You don't know anything. I understand that it's it's scary because it's like, I was trying to explain this, uh, especially like for probably for you as well because you're the only cl- class musician in your family. Well, you're the only cl- person in, in classical music, like working in classical music in your family. That's what I mean because I know your mom plays food and stuff. But it's like, I was just trying to explain that like, well, if we look at my family, it's like my aunt's a pharmacist. My mom is a preschool teacher my cousin is a social worker like my other cousin is an occupational therapist it's like they do things that are like quote-unquote normal like they just they know they they might you might not know exactly what an occupational therapist does you might not know exactly what a social worker does but it's like it fits into like one of them pie charts that they showed you in in high school you know what i'm saying and it's like it's me who be at work at from 7 30 to 10 p.m but only like five days a week and then 
but be working at 2.30 on a Sunday, but then I have a lesson. Like, I teach a lesson from 4 to from four to 8, and it's just like they don't get it. And it's like a podcast, and I got the YouTube thing. Do you get paid for that? It's like it's like so disjunct that all they can assume is that it's, if I don't go to work for 40 hours a week, that, like, I'm, like, I'm a screw up like I don't know what I'm doing you can't keep going to school Katie I'm like okay well come teach me how to play this then since you know everything you know what I'm saying like since I don't need to go to school anymore teach I'm, I'm actually I was wondering um in measure 161 I was having some issues with the string crossings if you could help me since I don't need to go to school <laughs> like <laughs> you know what I'm saying it's like and I, I understand like I try to step back and be like there's a concern like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting older you want me to do well you want me to, to have money and health insurance i understand those things but also there's like a i feel like what they don't realize is kind of like a disrespect that like they're not giving me the space to figure this out you know what i'm saying and like i understand that like there are underpinnings of that like being poor and being an immigrant being black in this country like you want stability and you want everyone has stability you want this to happen right away but the path is going to be different it's a path that i chose and it's going to be different and you have to respect my decision and also respect the fact that like i know what i'm talking about and i feel like that's just not there and it's really really frustrating to the fact that i had i just have a boundary i had a weak moment with my grandma and i told her like oh i'm thinking about moving back home because like I don't want to there's no point in me staying in Memphis if I have if I can teach in Illinois I'd rather just like rent will be extremely cheap I can go like extremely cheap I'm talking about my grandma bought that house my grandma grandpa bought that house in the, in the 80s I'm about talking about pennies compared to what I'm paying here in Memphis I can live I, my mom moved out I have to all upstairs to myself I was thinking about that so she's like yes because you need a job and I was like actually Matter of fact, I'm gonna look elsewhere. It's not. I feel like if I did go home, if I did go home, it wouldn't be toxic. Like I think I'll be fine. Like I, I enjoy hanging out with my grandma, but I feel like that's not gonna be conducive to my, to like my mental health or like the trajectory of my career. Um, yeah, I forgot where I was going with that, but I understand that there is like a little bit of like we want you to do well, but you have to understand that you don't know anything about this yeah. at all. And I feel like that's where the that's where it breaks down. It's amazing to me because I'm very much a I like you know research evidence. What does the professional say? Like I'm very much that type of person, and so I like I trust in that, and like it just it's not giving over here. And so like my mom has a thing where she thinks that I don't want to do things just because she said them. Mm. Like she yeah she thinks that I'm like whatever she says I'm doing the opposite. I can assure you I don't have the time for that. Like, why do you think that? <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> but it's crazy because I'm like, there are some things that other people, that my mom is the first and probably the only person I would go to. Like, there's a lot of people that say, don't tell your parents how much money you make. My mom knows exactly how much money I make. She knows oh, exactly how much money is in my but, but the reason why is because my mom is very good with money. Oh, she so has come choice. from nothing and now she owns three houses. I'm trying to see, you know, so I yeah. trust her opinion on that. She knows what she's doing. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm. this is how much money I got. What do I need to do? Mm-hmm. I trust her on that. But then when she found out that I didn't want to talk to her about grad school. She was like, well, just because I said da 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 you don't, you know, yeah, you don't want to talk to me. And I'm like, you've never been to grad school. And also, little do you know, I set up two meetings with professors that majored in what I want to major in, in grad school. Like, it's not that I'm not talking to nobody. It's not that I want to do it myself. And It's that I am being strategic about who I'm talking to. Why would I go off to the corner of, of Crenshaw and Century and just put a suggestion box? What should I do with my grad school? <laughs> <laughs> 
why 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 would i put up an instagram poll <laughs> say, what, what, what should i do about girl? why don't i just go to the people that i know are gonna have the answers to the questions that i have <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just not giving it's just not giving it, it's it's a very interesting thing and i know like like you said it's coming from a place of concern it's also coming from a place of they did not have that option mm-hmm. to explore and to figure it out like it needed to be figured out then like i've kind of got a glimpse of that when i was applying for the fellowship my mom was like why are they taking so long why you need to do two interviews people need a job now and it's like mm-hmm. that's very much so it's like yeah i take it with a grain of salt but also girl <laughs> yeah let me live um my cousin i'm about to put her business out well she she doesn't listen to this my cousin monica's applying to spellman so cross your fingers and toes and everything for her and so we were she made me she asked me to read her little um personal statement personal statements are very difficult to write because she was a little discouraged by that and i'm like this is not easy to write they are asking you to write it's a randomly it's a completely open topic Mm. about a uh it's in a topic that you're supposed to be an expert on but you've never had to formulate that probably so i read her thing i gave her a bunch of suggestions i'm like monica this like is, this is not giving so i was like you have to this doesn't this doesn't make sense go back and do this da, da, da. and she was like saying her guidance counselor did not give her good she let a lot of people read it i'm like listen i'm not good at, i'm not good at a lot of things like there's a lot of things i struggle with but i know how to write and i'm like this doesn't make sense fix this fix this this doesn't make sense you didn't explain this you didn't do this da, da, da. so she did it and monica was having some issues like she was like stuck she had a mental block so what does she do? She goes downstairs. She asked she asked my aunt for help. And that's where everything went to hell. Uh-oh. Everything. And so I was a little annoyed with her. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to tell, I was trying to project onto her. So I was like trying to keep She was also very upset because her mom made her submit an essay that wasn't even her voice and everything. Her mom just made her do it. Didn't Monica was crying about it because she didn't my aunt did not care. She redid the whole essay and made her submit that one to Spellman. So Monica, yeah, I was very upset. But I was also upset with Monica low key because I was like why did it oh fuck i was i was trying not to monica's very sensitive like me so i was like we we share the cancer rising so no she's a cancer moon but whatever we share cancer in our big three so i knew where i was i was trying to step carefully but i was irritated like why would you ask someone to read your first of all my aunt does not write well at all every speech she's ever given at any big event has been terrible i don't think my aunt is, i don't care my aunt is very <laughs> i don't care <laughs> she's my aunt, is, my aunt i mean obviously i have my aunt up right now but that's not, beside the point i would say this if we if i had her dad if, if we were cool she doesn't she doesn't she doesn't write well every speech is long it doesn't make sense and it's not go, doesn't go anywhere i would say that whether we were cool or not and i was like wow i'm like first of all, i'm like i was like monica your mother doesn't write well that's the first thing the second thing my aunt is very smart she's a farmer she's very accomplished that besides that why would you ask someone to read your personal statement and edit it and they went to high school in 1990 why would you do that and, you know i was trying not to get upset with them. i'm like i was like that doesn't make out of you i'm like it doesn't make sense i understand yeah. mental block whatever whatever that's when you step away from it come back to it tomorrow you don't have to i'm like she's one of them like nikki the deadline's a deadline for the reason it's if it's due on october 31st you can turn you know you can turn it on october 31st right you know that's okay Cause that's why they, that's why that's the deadline. I'm not saying October 31st at, at 11:59 like I would do, but you can, you can turn it in on Doctor. So you're having a mental block. Step back from it. Why would you ask yeah. someone who didn't go hasn't hasn't written an essay like that since 1990? Why would you do that? Yeah, like, college has changed so much. She's like, 
like like what do you like first of all she probably wrote it by hand <laughs> like or on a typewriter so at best at best i was like i was so irritated with her because first of all I, like she was calling me and i was i was having a rough week but i was like okay i sat down with her for like an hour we fixed everything i saw i saw that my emails coming in because google emails you every time that someone makes a correction that you suggest i see her working on the essay and then you do all that stuff luckily 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 she contacted spellman and they took her the essay that she wanted they so she was able to resubmit thank god but like it's the same type of thing the, your parents want the best for you and they want you to they want all the same it comes from a, a place of like worry concern they want you to succeed whatever but like you somehow have you sometimes you have to step back and monica's young she's about to be 18 in a couple of weeks but you have to step back and be like you have to be confident in what you know or if you and if you're not find somebody who is confident you know because it's just like that's why i tell my students i'm like listen i ain't trying to tell you too much but at least like i I did this in the past 10 years you know so at least i can help you and it's gonna be it's gonna be a time where you have to ask somebody else Mm -hmm. because it's like don't ask people that that don't know who've never done it or haven't done it in a long time you know things change like yo your mom was using the quill pen to apply to to school you gonna ask her girl miss girl (laughs) what anyway um okay let's keep going for as long as i can for as long as you can as well um okay so there was okay when i when i when i uh use the word gatekeeper i feel gatekeeper has a negative connotation and i realized that in the panel but i didn't have time to clean it up gatekeeper in my opinion even by definition you're just you're a gatekeeper like you are you you stand you stand at the entrance of something and you can decide who comes in and who doesn't now if you don't let people in that's that's the i feel like and we often talk about people who don't let people in i think that's where gatekeeping gets um a negative connotation i'm a gatekeeper delaney's a gatekeeper majority of us are gatekeepers for 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 something you know um and it's like i i like to think i'm a gatekeeper and i I like to leverage that i I want everybody to come i want all my students get into all this stuff i don't want you to struggle i already had to do it i had to check someone the other day because i had to go we we went we went to this thing and um they didn't show up that day i'm like where's this person at and turn out we didn't have to go we didn't have to go to the thing that day so i went to them i'm like why didn't you tell me we have to go that day he's like oh man i'm sorry i forgot and i'm like that type of stuff like i think it's very weird like how people move like I like to move with intention. I want everybody to be here. I want everybody to be on the same page. I want everybody here because the more that we're here, it just makes the space better. Like I want all, I want to see all the black people win. Um, so I asked, and I feel like I'm not trying to be like you know too cocky, but I feel like we do this well. But I wanted to know like to an extent, to a certain extent, we are all gatekeepers. But how can we better utilize our roles as gatekeepers? I mean, I do think that, yeah, I agree that gatekeeper has a negative connotation. It was said in a meeting to me last week where I was like, <clears throat> you know, um, especially because it's like there are so many extenuating circumstances that people go through that it's just like when you have things that are like very absolute, like, um, like, oh, for a lot of places they have like a, like a certain like criteria 
that mm-hmm. you need to meet like for example that was how the admissions process was explained to me when i was going to college the first time that um like this was at it this is when i was doing a regional audition for Pirati. they were like well you do your this was kind of reversed from some schools where like you do your audition somebody has to accept you somebody has to say i want this person in my studio nobody says that then that's kind of the end of the road because you know but if somebody says okay i want you i want this person in my studio your application goes to the admissions like department and then they just see do you meet these bare minimum uh academic requirements Mm -hmm. um some places will say if you don't meet those you're out you know Mm -hmm. and which was kind of the benefit like a conservatory because the conservatory probably won't do that if you're going to like something at a university they might um but if you don't meet those and it goes back to the back to the professor that wanted you and it's like do you really want this person because then they can they'll they'll probably let you win if they fight for you but if mm-hmm. you know if they can do without you then that's how it was explained to me then so um i feel like that is an example of there are some like some situations where there are gatekeepers but they kind of take other things into account Mm-hmm. Um, because life happens, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, oh God forbid you didn't you didn't get a good SAT score, but such and such happened in your life at the time, like, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I don't know. Sometimes it's really hard. Like I found I found that out when I was hiring people for the first time. Like sometimes you only have so many spots, and it's like any one of these people would would be great in this position yeah. mm-hmm. and it's really just like you know but i um i just feel like i don't even know like how you could necessarily be a better gatekeeper i feel like one one thing though kind of kind of in line with what we were talking about before about like how a lot of people in the older generation like they don't really see like how things are changing and how things can move forward in a way that was different from what they did. I think it's um kind of similar to um how you can be a better a better gatekeeper now in terms of like kind of looking outside of yourself because I feel like a lot of people be like, well this was a good criteria when this is what my application looked like or X, Y, and Z, you know, and then um kind of judge people based off of that but also being open to things changing because obviously you're in that position because you know a thing or two mm-hmm. but also i feel like in order for things to move forward you got to let people in that can teach you a thing or two as well yeah. mm-hmm. i feel like at this point in my life <clears throat> i don't have much to leverage to be a better gatekeeper but i tried with the little that i do have i do try like i have one student that i was working with um that I was working with but she had so much going on in her life that she wasn't able to maintain um the stress I was putting her under um we had like two viola lessons a week and I wanted her to learn all this rep and she couldn't do it and that's fine um but I'm trying to think of like you know I try to always advocate for black people in any space and I mean obviously as an educator that's not just black children like obviously I can't I can't do that and also don't really want to that's not really my heart but I can think of an example of a couple of weeks ago I was judging a I, w- I was doing seating auditions for this festival that there was that was happening anyway and um there's a black boy that came in and you know playing the wrong rhythm and all this other stuff and I'm just like 
I hate when teachers send like, like sh- really shame on you. Like you really, it takes like two or three times after school just to iron some stuff out. And like I just, why would you make him show up if he couldn't? Whatever. And um, and I was like, you know, it was a it was an audition, but you know, it was only like seven or eight VO. So I was like, okay, let's work through this. Actually, I mean, you got last year, but let's work through let's work through this so we can so we can sort this out and i gave him my email I'm like if you want to play for me like just hit me up he's like i don't know my mom can pay i'm like just we can talk about it later let's just just hit me up so i try to do stuff like that if i see potential because he was really quick too like he was just like learning the stuff in the audition and you know i try to do stuff like that um okay i try to do stuff like that um yeah and try to just create a better a good ecosystem if i can but i feel like we all delaney and i do that a lot delaney's annoying okay working at the time i just want i want to get to there's a couple questions here that are good but i feel like um just because i might may or may not have to teach we'll see if she shows part two you want to do part two period period all right black excellence all right y'all it's time for black excellence where we hype you up gas you up and give you your props because there's room for everyone at the top what are you talking about delaney well speaking of grammy nominations and fire shut up in my bones my black excellence is going to be will liverman um yeah shout out to him so i mean what to even say first of all i literally just got nominated for a grammy so what are we talking about here right <laughs> um but will liverman is a vocalist um with many many accolades so i'm just going to read off a couple um like i said he was in uh, the mets uh opening um production of fire shut up in my bones this season um he'll also be at the lyric opera of chicago um repri- reprise reprising his role is that the, the word I don't know how to pronounce Mm -hmm. it. All right. (laughs) Um, Reprising? It's reprising, right? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Who will also be in Spanish Inspirations with the Chamber Music Society of Lincoln Center. Um, And um, uh, performing Florence Price's song to the Dark Version with Chicago Sinfonietta, as well as a lot of other things that he is booked and busy this year um in february of this year cd records released his dreams of a new day songs by black composers um which is the record that is nominated for an uh for a grammy it's a collection of works by damian sneed uh hg uh, burley h leslie adams robert owens margaret bonds um include it also includes a world premiere um it de- it debuted at number one on the billboard traditional classical charts um and the new yorker praised it uh for its clarity sensitivity and barely contained heartbreak um while npr uh claimed that velvet voiced baritone will liverman is out to make the classical music canon more inclusive um so he's out here i mean what I'm gonna link his his stuff because I mean he just has I mean first of all I'm not gonna do that I was about to say I was about to say name a, a name like a, a opera or orchestra that I'll see if he did it because he probably has I mean we looking at Lyric Opera Chicago that was first one Met, yeah Met Seattle Opera um 
the one in Montreal, you know, I can't read, uh, I can't read, uh, French. <laughs> um, but I mean, literally it's kind of like name one. He's done it. Madison opera, English national opera, Kentucky opera, Virginia opera, Utah opera, like opera Philadelphia It's giving. Yeah. You might as well change that section to, I have yet to perform at, <laughs> so you could just right. name, the, name the three. So you could, so they could call you. Right. Yeah, that's what he should do. I'm a yeah. I'm gonna email him. And be like, yeah. actually, if it's you would just add a little section at the bottom and be like, hey, haven't been here yet. Yeah. So the girl has who to call. Exactly. So, but shout out to him. I mean, in addition to that, I will read some of his. I mean, like I said, every opera, every symphony. Yes. Um, but he also um has won a numerous awards. Um, so I'll read off a couple of those. The twenty twenty Marion Anderson Vocal Award, as well as the twenty nineteen Richard Tucker Career Grant and the Sphinx Medal of Excellence. He also received a twenty seventeen Three Arts Award. I think that's what Caitlin just won this year. Shout out to Caitlin. Um, oh. a George London Award and was recognized as a classical division Luminarts Fellow with the Luminarts Cultural Foundation. Um, he also won the Stella Maris International Vocal Competition, um, received the Gerda Listener Charitable Fund Award and received a top prize from Opera Index. Um, he also holds a Master of Music degree from the Juilliard School and a Bachelor's of Music degree from Wheaton College in Illinois. So, hey, shout out to Wheaton, Illinois. All right. Shout out to Will Liverman for being black and excellent. Okay, my piece of the week, piece this week, piece of the week. Yeah, my piece of the week um, is The Holy Presence of Joan of Arc by Julius Eastman for 10 cellos. That piece, that piece is it. Um, and I wanted, I would love to do an arrangement for 10 violas because I think that'd be fun. I don't know 10 violas. So. Yes, you do. You don't know 10 violists, Katie? That would be kind of weird if you did. <laughs> oh, wait, actually, yes, I do. What am I saying? Katie. <laughs> I'm sure I know 10 violas. <laughs> what am I saying? I do know 10 violas. Maybe I don't know 10 violas in, Me- in Memphis. Hmm, okay. Like, oh, like, okay. 10 violas I want to play with. <laughs> and that's not, that that in that wasn't supposed to be tea. Well, it was. Well, no, it wasn't. We'll name them. And we'll see who's left off. Thank you so much for listening to Classical Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classical Black Podcast. If you have a piece of the week suggestion, a black accent suggestion, or an intermission. Yeah. Classical Black Podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on social media at Classical Black Podcast. If you're black, doing ISBM. ISBM. That's not what it's called. It's called ISBM. IS Black Musicians. At IS Black Musicians on social media. IsBlackMusicians.com. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, Fallen Grave. And we will talk to you next week. Bye, y'all. Bye.